Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Good day, my friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Redefining Reality. I'm your host, Brian Hardy of brianhardy.ca, holistic nutritionist and wellness coach. And this week, we've got a good one. This is a round two with one of my favorite guests. That's Mrs. Deepa Chohan Patel, the awesome pharmacist on hand at the Living Proof Institute. Wife, mother, and all-around awesome individual who was really doing a lot of good work. And uh, we dove in to her experience down at a place called Clear Passages. Now, to get some context, you might want to go back and listen to round one with Deepa. You can find that at brianhardy.ca slash D-I-P-A-1 as in the letter or the number one. And you'll find our first interview where we talk about her experience with scar tissue adhesions, something which is very near and dear to my experience, which we didn't realize we had in common. But so in between our first and second episodes, she went down and had her treatment. And uh, so we caught up with how that went for her, what they're doing down there. And hopefully they're going to be bringing that sort of treatment up to Canada soon, but we'll have to wait and see. In addition to that, we talk about natural birthing and the benefits uh, or the the why behind, you know, why would someone want to give birth naturally? We talk about autoimmunity, uh, one specific test that seems to be really, really cool for predicting autoimmunity, not diagnosing, but predicting. And uh, as we see more and more, if you look into it, autoimmunity is ravaging the developed world, truly. You know, uh, autoimmune conditions, and Deepa shares some information, you know, if, if they if they compiled all autoimmune conditions under one type of disease, they that would likely be the leading cause of death from disease, more so than cancer, more so than heart disease, um, just because it's got such an impact, but it manifests in different ways for different people. So we talk a little bit about that, and uh, we talk about raising a healthy family. And some of the things that she does, uh, personal care products, home cleaning products, using essential oils, um, you know, allowing her son, Devin, who is six, to, um, you know, take care of himself in a sense, to not hover over him, to, uh, to let go a little bit of the control and uh, the rigidity that the schooling system likes to push onto people. The amount of homework. Apparently this kid, he's six years old, he's already got like, you know, tons and tons of homework and book reports. And it's like, what is that doing? That's not doing anyone any good. That's just trying to break his spirit and force him to get used to working um, in a particular fashion at a young age. So we talk about all of that. And it was a great time to catch up with Deepa and dive into it. It always is. 
Um, before I give you the episode, I want to remind you that one of the sponsors for this podcast is our friends at Audible. I love Audible. I love audiobooks. I'm addicted. It's official. I can't get enough. I look forward each month to that new credit landing in my account. And um, I, I never get tired of listening to audio. Well, sometimes I do. I go back to music for a little while. But then, you know, within half a day or a day, I'm ready to continue on. And uh, one to look for um, is Success Is For You. Heart-Centered Principles for Lasting Abundance and Fulfillment. That's by Dr. David R. Hawkins, a fantastic, fantastic teacher and brilliant mind and beautiful soul who is no longer with us but who left uh, a pretty powerful body of work. So if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash Brian Hardy, that's www.audibletrial.com slash B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-R-D-Y, you will get the chance to get a free 30 days of Audible service and a free audiobook, which I'll remind you, you can keep regardless regardless if you continue with the service after the first 30 days. You know, lots of people, they have an intro offer, they'll sign up, they'll do the bonus, and then they'll cancel before 30 days is up so you don't get charged. That is what I thought I was going to do when I signed up, but clearly the service is so worth it, and I enjoyed it so much that uh, I have been with them ever since. And with that, I'll leave you to the episode. It's a good one. The outro song that I'm going to plug in here is by Satsang featuring Nako, and that's Nako from Medicine for the People, two of my absolute favorite artists who recently released a track called Between on SoundCloud, and uh, it's it's beautiful. So I'm going to leave you with that. But before then, enjoy this interview with Mrs. Deepa Chohan Patel. Take care. So we're back, and it's been about three months, four months, I think, since our last installment. If you're tuning into this, you probably want to go back and look for the first episode with Deepa, where we talk about uh, her journey through. Uh, scar tissue and healing and all that sort of stuff and in that episode we left off with her going to clear passages which is the clinic that I've been through and that specializes with scar tissue adhesion uh, sort of remediation as it were and so now she's back and we're gonna get some insights into her experience and sort of how she's been following up with that and um, also just touch on a few other really cool pieces that came up in the last podcast and dive deeper into those um, and so a little quick just a little background on who she is and uh, again just refer back to the other episode but Deepa is a trained pharmacist and she works with the Living Proof Institute um, and so they do functional medicine and sort of lifestyle coaching for folks and just leading the way really in terms of functional health care so Deepa Thank you for having me again. Thanks for having me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I love to have these talks and to share and to, to dive deep and to, uh, yeah, just get some knowledge and experience out to people. And so I want to jump in and, and just uh, talk about how your experience was down in Florida. Um, and it was funny, we, we, we discovered that we actually stayed in the same yes. place, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so lots of lots of little synchronicities going on around clear passages and and this healing journey. And so um, so you were down there for a week, essentially yes. five days of treatment. Yes, five days of treatment. So went down for a week, got there on a Sunday, and uh, left on the Saturday. So one week. And uh, it was a great experience. Uh, we stayed at the Sweetwater Inn, which was where you had stayed as well, which is a nice, quaint, little, cute little place in the middle of the city in Gainesville, Florida. And the treatment went very well. All the therapists are amazing there. They're so easy to talk to. They make you feel really comfortable. They really welcome you. They really explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's very science-based. So, you know, the initial appointment was uh, taking measurements on the scar just to see mobility and to see flexibility. Um, so they do pre and post measurements. So everything is very science-based and um, it's awesome because uh, Larry Wern was one of my therapists as well. So mm. throughout the week, um, you don't just stay with one therapist, you stay, you know, you get to experience multiple different therapists. And what's nice is Larry Warren was one of my therapists and he's the founder of, uh, him and his wife Belinda are the founder of Clear Passage. So mm -hmm. um, it was it was a great experience. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's patented, right? The Warren technique? Yes, the Warren technique, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just great. He is. He's just great, such like a loving and caring and strong yes. but gentle yes. sort of sort of man yes. and um, so five days mm -hmm. 20 hours mm -hmm. of massage mm -hmm. what was that like what was the like the visceral experience of that like yeah and how did so... it evolve throughout the week <laughs> so initially I was you know um, just wondering how four hours of massage a day would pan out but um, they do give you breaks throughout the day. So in the morning, typically you go in for two hours and you typically have a one to two hour break and then another two hours in the afternoon. And the time actually goes by pretty quickly. And what's nice is that the, the different therapists, I feel like have different um, techniques. So it doesn't feel repetitive and it feels like you're kind of, you know, a new fresh set of hands. So um, the experience, it didn't even though it was 20 hours in five days it didn't feel like that mm. the, the the day went by well it actually went by fast and um i i think their approach just you know they they make you feel so comfortable and with the therapy it's you know there are points where they get really deep but the way the technique is is such that you don't feel it all of a sudden mm -hmm. they ease into different areas of the abdomen to make you feel comfortable if there is a tight area there. Mm -hmm. So their technique is, um, it's very slow and it's very uh, comforting for the patient so they don't feel alarmed, they don't feel um, overworked. If you feel like the pressure is too much then they back off a little bit and they retry the area again so they work very well with the patient and kind of meet you where you are, where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that is sort of a lot of feedback mm -hmm. and communication. Yes. And um, yeah, that sort of progressive deepening, mm -hmm. right, of the stretching and of the, of the, uh, I mean, pressure, right, yes. as it were. Um, and it's amazing how the body can, you know, unwind and mm -hmm. open up more and more. Yes. Um, 
that was probably my biggest takeaway I think was just like to really stay with a stretch and to really stay with the pressure Mm -hmm. until those things start to unwind and Mm -hmm. open up because I don't know about you but before that I mean maybe 30 seconds I would hold like a stretch or a massage something like posture or whatever Um, but they say like a minimum of 90 I don't yes. know if it's changed. Is it still? Yeah, it's uh, still around there. Yeah, so a minimum of ninety seconds to get things to really open, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you did that, and I remember when I was there, one of the hardest things for me was to not exercise at mm-hmm. all, right? They say be very gentle, just yes. like walking, yes, right? Lots of lots walking. of walking, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we would um, we would go for walks in between or after the treatment. Uh, just to kind of get out and we went in November so it's very warm in Florida so uh, we just stuck with the walking throughout the week and tried to get in as much mobility as we could mm-hmm. and they have lots of trails so they give you like a trail slash hiking guide and uh, you're able to go out and you know walk on any of those trails and still get some nature and get outside a little bit yeah, there's some really beautiful spots. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember like national, not, I don't know if they're national, but like parks and mm-hmm. so forth and big forests. And mm-hmm. Really, really beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you really gain an appreciation for walking. Yes. And how important it is to be able to walk with proper posture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about you, but I found like after each session, you get up and you're moving and you're integrating, you know, the work that's been done. Mm-hmm. And... You just feel the body changing, yes. right? Like session to session to session. Yes. And it's such a cool uh, experience. Yes. Right. And like I don't know about you, but I felt this like an openness. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think that's the best way to describe it is you just feel more open. And for me personally, my abdomen just felt a lot more soft and more fluid. It wasn't mm. as rigid, um, so it just felt like it was flowing a little bit better. I just felt like I was not as rigid. Mm. Yeah. So that was one of the main, I think, um, takeaways that I experienced during the, the 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool because I think about, um, you know, from an energetics standpoint and how like our core is like our power center, yes. right? And that's where we have like our digestive fire mm-hmm. and all these things and, you know, our will comes from there and, um, we need it to be fluid, mm-hmm. right? We need the energy to flow. Yes. And so what a change, not just physically, but then, you know, there could be emotional release, mm-hmm. there could be energetic releases and things that, like life. Yes. Like not only does the abdomen open up, but life yes. can, like, open up, right? <laughs> yes. Really, yes. really cool. I just love seeing the parallels. Yes. Yeah, it was It was a great experience, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't just, like, physical, but... Um, emotionally you feel more open and you feel kind of like a release so mm-hmm. it was it was a great experience yeah and so you just did or you're just about to do your 90-day checkup I think yes Follow-up. is that like a little questionnaire or? Uh, yeah it's a questionnaire that they send and I think it's just kind of seeing where you're at in terms of when you first came in when you left the clinic and then 90 days post mm-hmm and so how would you um, just in your own words, like how would you say you are now compared to before? And have you had any issues since you got back? Or? No, so thankfully I've had no issues since I got back. For me, um, I don't really have any chronic pain issues. 
it's more so for preventing recurrence. So with their technique, they um, have shown that they can reduce recurrence um, from 30% to 3% if you maintain the home care exercises and the home care massage as well. So mm. um, for me, the one thing that I continue to experience is the more fluidity in the belly area, the abdomen area. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of pain, I never had any pain, so you know there's no change there. But uh, just you know the movement and the flexibility in that area has has continued to um, continued since I left. So mm -hmm. yeah, that well, would be the biggest difference. Nice, yeah, nice, and. Um, I assume they've, they've given you sort of a personalized stretching and exercise yes. plan of sorts? Yeah, so the, the stretching and exercise plan that they've put together, um, and then they also show you how to do the massage yourself, or they show um, you know, a family member who's with you, whether it's your spouse or significant other, or parents or siblings, um, they show them the technique as well, so that um, some areas that you're not able to access, your family members can can help you out with those areas so they suggest uh, the home care five days a week and it's either the stretching or the massage one of the two that you would do five days a, five days a week mm. I'm curious which uh, tool did you choose I so they gave tool, me right? they gave me three or four tools they gave me a tennis ball a softball they gave a couple of massage tools they gave like three of them but there's one that I use the most it's uh, a triangular shaped one it's got different balls at the end of each point mm. and the, the balls vary in different sizes so I usually use the smallest one um, to massage with nice yeah nice yeah I love that one and the softball the ball yes the softball mm. I like I I just think about it every time I see this thing it's like so many hours yes so much you know release through this simple ball that, yeah, the um, ball is definitely uh, different than the tools in terms of how you use it because you lie on the ball, mm -hmm. whereas the tool you're lying on your back and kind of pushing into your abdomen mm -hmm. yourself manually rather than using your own body weight. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so they're two different uh, uh, techniques, and I find, yeah, those two are probably the best. Mm -hmm. And the ball can be intense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it can be so intense. And I remember... So I was there in 2012. Okay. So wow, five years, holy crap. <laughs> and uh, since then, I have had maybe two episodes okay. where not even, not a full obstruction, but like mm -hmm. a partial, like you can feel it coming mm -hmm. on. And I've immediately gone to the ball. Okay. And um, I remember one time, the time it was the worst, and this is, uh, this is not to knock them, this is because I wasn't doing the stretches. five days a yes. week, you know, because I you know, it, life happens and you forget. Yes, and, um, I'm getting better at it now. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember just I, I stayed home from work. I felt kind of sick. Stayed home from work. It was the summertime, and I just lied down in the backyard and put the ball into where it felt very intense. Okay. And I had a little bit of cannabis to make it less intense. Mm -hmm. And I remember actually passing out. Okay. Because it got so intense and waking up in like a pool of sweat. Oh, and wow. My, my belly felt better. Yes. But it was just like, whoa, <laughs> what happened? Because um, it's amazing sort of the relaxation response mm -hmm. that gets triggered when mm -hmm. you get into that deep like mm -hmm. viscera. 
Um, and it's beautiful that Mother Nature has built in this sort of, uh, you know, opiate almost response, right? Like endogenous heroin, you could yes. kind of compare it to. Um, when you're in that sort of a, a space mm -hmm. or experience. Yes. You, you notice that? Yes. Yeah, as yeah. they get deeper and sort of just like... Yeah, it's kind of like a good pain. It's not... It's not like a painful pain, but it, it it's it's weird to say, but it kind of feels good. Like mm. so, yeah. So it was a, a great experience for sure. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like that pain where you know, like good stuff yes, is happening. Exactly. Right. It's releasing. You know, you. there's a release happening. So mm -hmm. it was great. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And so, okay, yeah. So have you? heard did they say anything about coming to Canada yes when you were there yes so Larry is trying to find a therapist for a location here in Toronto okay the there are some um, I guess challenges that he's not that he's experiencing but um, they do the therapists there they're mostly physiotherapists but the physiotherapists there are able to do internal therapies whereas I think physiotherapists in Canada they're not licensed for being able to do internal therapies. Mm. So um, I think that's kind of where the challenge is occurring for him to find a therapist out here. And what would be the difference between internal versus and like external therapies? For so internal therapies, um, depending on the case and what you're going in for, um, they do do some therapies intrarectally or intravaginally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just depending, because they do treat endometriosis and some mm. other um, conditions more in the pelvic area. Mm. And for those, they do um, intravaginal therapies. And I think physiotherapists in Canada are not licensed to be able to provide intravaginal therapies. Okay. So, I mean, I think that he would still be able to open a clinic and do more of the, have the therapist do more of the external work because that part of it is is I think less in the overall 20 hours mm -hmm. so um, I think there are ways around it but he's yeah he's looking for a therapist in Toronto because that is uh, an area where he doesn't want to expand into because mm -hmm. right now most of their clinics are in the US and I think they have one or two in the UK yes so um, he does want to expand into Canada nice yes nice that's good news that's yeah and news. I was lucky enough to be able to be treated by Larry because I mean, is he retiring? He, I mean, he is retired, but he's, he's reti still working. But mm -hmm. um, I think he's going to be lessening his hours, which he already has. But I think he's lessening them even more. So, mm. yeah, I was very fortunate to be able to experience uh, treatment with his hands. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're a physio or a manual therapist, um, and you're into this sort of work and you want to be able to provide that because no one's really providing that mm -hmm. um, in you know the city in Toronto maybe you're on the west coast then reach out reach out to clear passages and uh, get the conversation started because there's a lot of people that would benefit from this yes for sure because right now it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of people you know they can't afford to take a week off work and then, you know, pay for their accommodations, their meals there, let alone the therapy, right? So mm -hmm. if there's something locally or close by, 
it would uh, it would make it make it a lot more accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see it eventually, you know, develop a little referral network so that mm-hmm. after people do surgery, exactly, they're already slotted in. Exactly. Right? Yes. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope so. work to Let's, make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And I know Let's we put it out there. Yeah, well, and I know we chatted about this uh, last time a little bit, and it's funny. I talked to two um, people that work in hospitals recently. Okay. About the idea, and they're both like, like, yeah, we need that right? mm-hmm. because the doctors are overwhelmed; they yes. don't have the time to give those resources, mm-hmm. and the patients, so you know, they get maybe very basic instructions on how to recover or how to tips for improving recovery yes so that's definitely something that uh, I have to follow up with yes for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I wanted to um, sort of pull this all back to how it began okay how it began in in your journey right which was this desire for a natural birth yes Um, and talk just talk a bit about that like why um, someone would opt for that or why you wanted to opt for that mm-hmm. and maybe what some of the benefits versus risks um, versus natural versus c-section like just to sort of expand on that because a lot of people it seems schedule a c-section like they're getting their nails done mm-hmm. right and they don't think anything of it um, and they might not be informed that their their child might be missing out on some key experiences mm-hmm. um, because of that so I'd love to, to dive into that a little bit sure yeah so um, m- on my birth plan the plan was to have a natural birth I did um, have my son at a hospital so it wasn't a home birth but we were gonna try to do a water birth or you know whatever means that it would take to deliver him naturally and what that means is basically without as minimal medical intervention as possible. Hmm. Of course, um, I wasn't opposed to it if, if needed because in the end I did end up needing medical intervention and it's what saved my life and my son's life, So, mm-hmm. um, which is why I chose to be in the hospital setting so that I would have access to those resources if needed. So um, in the end, I ended up having a C-section versus a natural birth and when I guess when you have a natural birth the main benefit is that the baby goes through the vaginal birth canal and actually um, ingests some of the vaginal fluids and therefore gets exposed to the vaginal bacteria and so that ends up being the baby's quote-unquote first meal and Mm. so that vaginal bacteria then seeds their gut um, with all this healthy bacteria And then that sets the stage for their immune system because 80% of your immune system actually lies in your gut flora Mm. or your gut bacteria. So that's one of the huge benefits of having a natural birth versus a C-section because when you have a C-section, you bypass the vaginal canal and the baby is then not exposed to those healthy bacteria that it it would have been had had they had a natural birth. Mm. So that was one of the main reasons we wanted to have a natural birth um, you know, I was going to try to deliver without any epidural if I needed it. Once again, I was open to it. I wasn't opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I did require most of the medical intervention. Uh, we were fortunate that we we are both healthcare practitioners and we both have a lot of knowledge about how we could 
you know, recover from the repercussions of a, a C-section birth. So we were quite fortunate to be able to have that knowledge and, you know, uh, provide Devon with the most optimal um, healthy gut bacteria or as possible, given the fact that we still had a C-section. So mm-hmm. we were quite fortunate. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I was curious to know if you guys were tuned into that level um, mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, so there are a couple of interventions that can be done if you do have a C-section to still make sure that your your baby does um, get colonized with these healthy gut bacteria. Mm. Uh, some of them we didn't know back then, um, but some of them we did. So one of the interventions is to um, swab the baby's orifices, so eyes, nose, mouth, ears, with the uh, vaginal bacteria so um, basically you would soak just some cotton in the mother's uh, vaginal canal and then you would swab the babies um, those areas that I had mentioned mm-hmm. that we didn't know about um, but there were other things that we did know about so initially Devon was on formula we were putting probiotics in the formula um, I eventually after about nine weeks had fully transitioned him to breast milk and uh, f- uh, breastfeeding so nice. he after that nine week mark he never took a bottle and I nursed him for 25 months so mm. you do get a lot of healthy bacteria when you when you nurse and when you breastfeed mm-hmm. so I think the saving grace for him was the fact that I nursed him for that long mm. and he was exposed to a lot of bacteria um, through that process nice Nice. So, t- knock on wood, um, we haven't had any issues with him. Uh, typically, what some people and what some studies have suggested is that children who are born C-section are at more um, risk for asthma, allergies, food sensitivities. Later on in life, um, they can be more at risk for things like obesity and diabetes. So, um, those, obviously, he's only six. So. You know, hopefully we've mitigated all those risks as well. But those, you know, allergies, asthma, he's never had any issues with that. So we've, nice. we've been quite uh, fortunate that he's had a pretty strong immune system up until this point. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing what the difference between, you know, coming into the world one way versus another mm-hmm. and how much of an impact it can have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I love that we can share this because people, I mean, if you're not tuned into it, you just wouldn't know. Exactly. Yeah, right? you wouldn't know. And then even after I um, had stopped nursing him, I made sure that it gave him a probiotic daily. Um, you know, we've always supported his immune system with healthy nutrients and vitamins. He gets a lot of vitamin C, especially during the winter season. Mm-hmm. Um, so knock on wood, uh, you know, up until this point, uh, he hasn't required any antibiotic interventions, um, which is pretty uncommon these days. Uh, most kids will have one to two courses of antibiotics before the age of two or three. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've been quite fortunate that we haven't had to go down that path. Nice. Nice. And again, it's something that people think of as so innocuous right oh it's yes. just antibiotics you know just yes. take them and do your thing and yes and a lot of the times the infections are self-limiting so you know something like an mm-hmm. ear infection um you know can be self-limiting and not require antibiotic intervention 
um, because it just resolves on its own. But mm -hmm. usually the child is not given that chance to recover from it and they're just given antibiotics to deal with it. So, mm. um, you know, uh, there are, you know, and it's not just the supplements, but uh, we really make sure that he gets a healthy diet uh, to support his immune system. And I think that's foundational above all else is making sure that the child gets a healthy diet mm -hmm. early on mm -hmm. as a good foundation. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, give them all the necessary building blocks exactly. and so forth so that their system has what it needs. Exactly. Right? Because we're meant to be healthy, mm -hmm. right? We're meant to be able to adapt and deal with things. And like even even this winter, I've seen so many people who have gotten colds or yes. flus and it lingers for like a month or two. Yes. And that to me is a huge sort of, you know, warning sign. That, okay, your immune system is compromised if it's not able to deal with whatever is going on here. Mm -hmm. um, and I wish it was, you know, talked about more, right? Yes. Natural ways and, and integrative ways to support ourselves so that we can resolve these things in a more, uh, you know, just a more, not necessarily easy, but graceful maybe yes. sort of sort of way. Um, and to, to trust and to have that, that that uh, that faith that you know we can get through it, and yeah. our system can deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you guys now have like a infrared sauna yes. in the home. Yes. So I feel like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you start feeling sick, you go in there for a little yeah. while, and you. I mean, it's gonna zap whatever's, you know, trying to trying yeah. to take hold pretty quickly. For sure. Yes. So um, I do try to use the sauna at least two to three times a week. Mm. Uh, just to you know. De mostly for detox but just to ward off those pathogens and eliminate any toxins and so it's got a lot of health benefits to it and we're very fortunate to have one in our home so mm -hmm. definitely take advantage of it <laughs> yeah yeah and I wonder do you do any of the stretches or exercises in, in the, the sauna? sauna so the sauna is large enough to fit two people so you you could potentially do some of the stretches but some of them would probably it would Even probably be a little space. bit yeah a little mm. bit more limited to to do some of them mm. yeah but yeah it's a it's a great uh, great tool that i have at my fingertips mm-hmm for sure yeah in front of us i'm just fascinated more and more um that I learn and, and use them, and mm -hmm. it's like, it's just light, right? It's exactly, light, it's light, yes. light medicine, light yes. therapy, um, that's just so profoundly um, effective yes. for many things, mm -hmm. right? So I, I love seeing that coming into the paradigm, yes. right? The medicine, medicinal health paradigm that's so biochemically driven. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh no, there's other things, you know, there's sound, there's light, um, various other modalities that we can get into the system and and really you know support it yes as it were so yeah that's I'm, I'm very glad to hear that Devin is doing well I mean I've met the guy a few times and he seems full of life and yes just, you know full super, of energy yeah yes. tuned in and just aware and you know learning so much and um, yeah it's just it's just awesome to see um, what what's possible yes right when you give everything when you give all the the right environment right yes. for health to express itself for sure and i wanted to 
I mean, talking about uh, health and the immune system mm -hmm. um, and challenges around that, I'm wondering, um, autoimmunity is a really big thing these days. And to me, that's one of like the scariest, not scariest, that you don't want to be fearful necessarily, mm -hmm. but um, like pressing issues. Yes. Um, I'm curious if you have, um, like what you might have to, to say about like people's experience or people that you've worked with or various um, triggers mm -hmm. or just even the prevalence of it. I think a lot of people don't understand how prevalent it can be. Yes. Um, so yeah, in your experience, like what would you say is is sort of, you know, whether it's a percentage or, a, you know, two in ten or whatever it might be um, of people that you see dealing with autoimmune conditions? Yeah, so um, here at the Living Proof Institute, I would say 80% of our patients, if not more, are autoimmune. And, you know, you mentioned triggers and almost every patient that we talk to they have some sort of trigger either around the time that they were diagnosed or shortly before, or even, you know, childhood triggers, um, things that may have occurred seven, eight years before their diagnosis. Mm. Um, and a lot of these triggers are, you know, whether it be a divorce or the loss of a loved one, um, most of these patients have experienced some kind of traumatic event in their life. Mm -hmm. And um, usually that's kind of uh, the manifestation of the autoimmune disease occurs after that trigger. And they have, you know, a lot of them have pretty vague symptoms leading up to the diagnosis. A lot of doctors are not sure what's going on with the patient and why they're experiencing certain symptoms. And then, you know, some for some people it takes, you know, seven to ten years to actually get a diagnosis because it's a progressive condition if nothing is done early on to address it. Mm. So it's a huge issue. Um, you know, they say heart disease and cancer are the top two leading causes of death but and mortality and morbidity, but the thing with autoimmune disease is they get, they get categorized into their specific types, so, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or celiacs or multiple sclerosis, but when you gather all of them together, because the actual underlying process is the same regardless of what um, disease it is, it's just the body's deciding to attack the joints versus the gut versus, um, you know, the brain or the, the nervous system. So it's still the same underlying process. So when you group all of them together, autoimmunity is actually the number one leading cause of morbidity in North America. Mm. So it's a huge, huge problem. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, and it's unfortunate because these are conditions and diseases that occur to people who are young, you know, in their 30s, 40s. Um, it's not like heart disease, which, you know, a lot of people are diagnosed with that in their 60s and 70s. This is occurring in, in young people. Mm. So it's, you know, it's quite quite prevalent and it's, um, you know, becoming a huge issue. So, you know, we see a lot of autoimmunity. Mm. Yeah, and it strikes me as um, sort of this, like you said, it's progressive, mm -hmm. right? So it might not kill you right away. Yes. 
but the quality of your life mm -hmm. is going to be significantly impacted for, sure. for you know decades. Yes. Um, and so what a toll mm -hmm. I mean, that that would have on a person, right? Um, and to to not you know to not feel good, to not have the energy and the focus and mm -hmm. you know the clarity of mind that we're all after. Um, and then to be bounced around, yes. right, from doctor to doctor to doctor, mm -hmm. never really getting an answer. Yes. Um, and so I'm curious, what, is there a specific test or, or a combination of tests or um, ways to best identify or get an idea that autoimmunity might be an issue? Like, is there stuff people can do at home or, like, things people can order or... Um, like what would be some, some resources people could look to if they find themselves in this sort of guessing game? So there, there, there is a lab called Cyrex Labs. Hmm. Uh, they're available in Canada and the US. And um, what Cyrex Labs looks at is antibodies, um, antibody pre predictability. So it's not diagnosing autoimmunity, but it's looking at early antibody formation to certain tissues in the body. And I think the test looks at probably, I think, about 25 tissues in the body. Um, so it's more of a predictive test to, because with autoimmunity, as we have discussed, there's a progression. So, you know, when autoimmunity first starts, it's actually asymptomatic. And then there's a, a period of 10, 20, you know, 15 years, just depending on the case, where the patient is symptomatic, but the symptoms might be pretty nonspecific or there might not be enough tissue damage to actually be diagnosed with a certain condition. So, you know, the end stage of autoimmunity, which is when conventional medicine usually um, can diagnose the disease, it's already, not that it's too late, but there's already been so much tissue damage that now they're able to actually diagnose the disease. Mm. So this, um, you know, antibody predictability test can detect antibodies even if you're asymptomatic. Okay. So it looks at, um, you know, the thyroid, ovaries, it looks at various tissues in the brain, it looks at, you know, like I said, I think it's about 25 or so tissues that it looks at, even um, mm. autoimmunity, a lot of people are finding out now, a lot of studies are showing that heart attacks are actually an autoimmune process occurring um, on the heart. So it mm. even looks at, you know, heart tissues and markers as well. Okay. So it's, it's a great test. Okay, Cyrix yeah. Labs. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I'll link that up for sure in the show notes. Yeah, and t to me, like it, we, we can take like a bigger picture sort of view, um, because as we mentioned, you know, autoimmunity being one of the leading or the leading cause of morbidity in North America, mm -hmm. um, but across the globe, we see it's 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 mostly affecting the more affluent and developed um, nations. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's almost like, okay, what's, you know, what kind of lives are we living here? What are we exposed to? And what are they, you know, living and exposed to in, say, rural Africa? Yes. Or some place where they have very, very low rates. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, you know, the pace of life is a lot slower. Yes. And they're exposed to just like the natural world and the yes. community. So it's almost like slow down and get dirty. Yeah. It's kind of like what's playing in my head is yes. like, you know, easy steps to take to 
you know, take some stress off your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about, about stats or about prevalence outside of North America? And um, I don't know any specific numbers, but I do know that it, you know, as you have mentioned, it is more prevalent in developed countries. Mm. And I think it's because we're under more stress, we're exposed to more toxins, we don't sleep as well, we have all these devices that emit all these blue lights, which offsets our circadian rhythm. So, you know, anything that's gonna kind of imbalance your immune system can potentially trigger autoimmunity. So Mm. whether it's a poor diet, lack of exercise and movement, poor sleep, um, poor thoughts, you know, being mm. stressed, overstressed, um, and then, you know, being exposed to a lot of chemicals. So some of it is a little bit out of our control, but there's a lot that we can do with our home and our personal care products to really minimize uh, toxin exposure. Mm-hmm. So all those things pretty much are going to minimize your risk of autoimmunity because we're not triggering the immune system if we kind of pay attention to those five main areas. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm just curious, I was actually speaking with someone this morning about uh, a tough case of eczema. Yes. Would that be, would that fall potentially? Yeah, so eczema, um, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that it, it is a autoimmune process that's occurring it's an attack on the skin so mm. okay good yeah. to know and it, it boggles my mind because people are you know they want a cream or they want some mm-hmm. sort of a lotion they want some topical solution yes. right um to fix the problem um it's like we have to look deeper yes we got to go deeper and and understand that you know there's no t- t- like cream deficiency. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just another one of those things that people you know need to sort of open up to and expand it, their awareness into. Yes. Um, and the personal care products, that's a huge one. Yes. And I mean, you you smell stuff on people, and you're like, there's no way that's <laughs> not like, that's good for you. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's so pungent and fake and. Uh, like one of my roommates right now puts on all this cologne before he leaves for work, and I have to air out the like the upper floor of our place because it's just so it's strong. So strong, yes. Um, do you have any um, either favorite brands or homemade personal care products that you yeah, that you guys so, use? Uh, for makeup for women, I know that's a huge thing, and a lot mm. of women are resistant to change but a great brand that I've used and I've actually recommended it to many individuals and they love it as well is uh, a company called 100% Pure Mm. so um, everything they do have physical locations in the US but they do ship to Canada so uh, their website is www.100percentpure.com and that's 100100 other you know, so a lot of my personal care products, not just makeup, I use from them. So, mm. uh, but then I keep it simple, like in terms of lotion, you know, sometimes I use coconut oil as a really good moisturizer, especially in the winter when your you know, skin tends to be a little bit more dry. Mm-hmm. Um, deodorant, we actually have a patient who makes her own deodorant. Um, mm. And it's pretty much a concoction of baking soda, um, coconut oil, a few essential oils, um, so it's all natural, no preservatives or anything in there, um, mm. and that 
it's uh, Dom's deodorant is the brand and then uh, toothpaste we usually use a more natural brand we actually use doTERRA's on guard toothpaste and then shampoo I use a shampoo and conditioner a natural one from Trader Joe's in the US and um, that's about it I try to keep mm -hmm. it really minimal and then you know in terms of perfume I, I don't wear any perfume um, if I you know do want a scent I use essential oils mm. as my perfume yeah super simple yes beautiful smell yes plus the medicinal sort of benefits yes and right? then they have roll-ons that are really easy to apply so it doesn't mm. get messy and you know they absorb right into your skin so you know if you want a perfume replacement um, there's plenty of essential oil roll-ons that you can use as a perfume replacement definitely yeah, I've switched over that myself recently, and you can actually buy empty roll-on yes, bottles for really can. cheap, yeah. and make your own blend. Yes, you and can. And so it's like yeah. every every time you run out, you get to create a new blend mm -hmm. and a few drops of this, a few drops of that. Yeah, I it's like fun. A yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time. Yes, I should organize like a an essential oil workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're planning on. Uh, actually hosting one it's in the pipeline so very cool yeah sometime in march so look out for one okay yeah you heard it here it's probably gonna be i think it's march 17th is a saturday okay i'm not i, I but right. kind of planning for that day the 18th is it the 18th yeah so the 18th that's saturday Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it really it really pains me to see how many people still go to like Pharma Plus or Shoppers Drug Mart or um, I don't know why I'm dropping their names here. I'm not trying to advertise for yes. them, but um, you know, a drugstore and spend you know their hard-earned money on essentially seventy dollar toxic perfume. chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I actually heard on the radio yesterday that the new Tom Ford cologne is like. For a big bottle, it's like $700 or something, or $600. It's like, okay, there better be like wow. liquid gold in, exactly. that, in that cologne for the price you're paying. It's insane. Um, but, I mean, it's just sort of, sort of where we're at. Yep. But, you know, as we've as we've mentioned, there's lots of alternatives. There are lots of alternatives. natural and delicious and yes, super supportive for the health. So I love that. I love that. I wanted. I, I I think I missed these. There's a few questions I like to to go to. Okay. And I think I missed them in our first episode because okay. I just got so carried away. And, yes. <laughs> you know everything that was going on, but um, one of them is. You know, a lot of people talk about you know do this and add this in and you fill your day and I love the approach and sort of the feel I get from you and Sachin and sort of the team is you know less is more yes right? and simplify mm -hmm. um, and so I'm curious if there's anything that you're currently or recently let go of yeah so I would say Devin is probably my greatest teacher and uh, you know if any of you have children that are listening our our children really bring up things for us that are there to, sh to teach us a lesson. And I think for me, uh, my personality is quite different from Devin. And one of the things that I'm really trying to do is just let go of the need to, it sounds harsh and I don't know what other word to use, but control, right? So 
trying to be step back a little bit and let him trust in his instincts to be able to do things without me telling him. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying hard to just let go of that control. Mm. I imagine, you know, the mothering instinct yes. is kind of the opposite of that, right? Yes. So, yeah, I can imagine that's that's quite the challenge. Yes, and, I, you know, for him, he, he, he doesn't thrive on me constantly, you know, telling him to do this, do that. You know, he, he, he likes to do things on his own time. So just mm. trying to let go of the need to micromanage you know, obviously there's a time and a place so like when we got to get him to school first thing in the morning. But, mm -hmm. you know, just being more conscious of trying to let go of that urge to control. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, and I saw, I saw Sachin posted the other day about what's the right or the... What age is yes. it okay to, <laughs> to pull your kid out of school and have him work for in your business? Um, and, I mean... I don't know. There was quite a few comments on yeah, that. Yeah, there was. It was quite an interactive post. <laughs> yeah, but is that something that you guys are seriously considering? Uh, or Maybe down the road. Uh, you know, I think obviously with everything, there's positive and negative to every situation in life, right? So mm -hmm. um, education definitely has its positives and negatives. And I think being more open to you know catering to your child's needs so you know traditional school system might not be the be all and end all way to you know educate your child mm. so you know currently the school that Devon's in more and more we're finding that it's it's not really the right type of school for him it's very didactic it's very a control quote-unquote controlling environment it's mm. very heavily heavily academic based he's six years old and he's learning division and gets a ton of homework every day and multiple projects and it's just kind of off-putting for him mm. so we are switching schools um, so next September you know I've, I found a school that I think is going to be a little bit more suitable for him mm. it, it looks at the the needs of the child in terms of how they learn and caters to that a little bit more nice. and it's a little bit more hands-on which I think Devin is more of a hands-on learner rather than a paper and pen type of learner mm -hmm. so um, you know I think that there's lots of options in terms of schools for kids to thrive in based on their personality type so I think finding the right fit is important uh, you know, and there's lots of options. I know in the States, there's a new term called unschooling, which is very popular. And from what I, you know, the little that I know about it, it's basically, it's different from homeschooling. Unschooling is keep your child, you know, at, at home, I guess. But basically, they tell you what they're interested in, and then you find those resources. So I was listening to a podcast and um, you know, the interviewer, the interviewee was talking about how his daughter is nine, she's unschooled, um, but she has an interest in learning French, so they have her enrolled in some French classes. Um, she loves animals, so they have her volunteer at a farm twice a week, and she, mm. you know, um, volunteers at the farm and helps out. Um, she has an interest in, you know, I don't remember exactly what it is, but let's say you know a Greek mythology so they'll put her in a Greek mythology course or she's interested in painting so she would go you know gets herself involved in a painting course or mm. so it's more directed 
uh, based on the child's interests and needs. Mm. Um, you know, nothing's forced upon the child and they're able to kind of learn at their own pace. So, nice. you know, there's that extreme. So it just, I think it just depends on the parents and it depends on the child and how much time you have to invest and how, you know, I guess, um, realistic that would be, right? For some parents, uh, obviously most parents, I think it would be unrealistic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, lots yeah. of different uh, options out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the movement of sort of alternative paths yes. through education. Because mm-hmm. um, education, hey, like you said, it's incredibly important, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think especially for boys you know they're more rough and tumble and they want to do things and feel accomplished and sitting in a desk you know memorizing stuff it just doesn't work for the biology right now that is our biggest source of (laughs) of stress and argument so Mm. i you know had to tell myself that this needs to stop we need to find a alternative for him uh, a, a school that better fits his his needs so Awesome. A few more months left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I'm sure he'll get through and then and uh, keep moving forward. So that's fantastic. I love that. And another piece that I'd love to hear is just when you hear the term redefining reality, what does that bring up for you? So for me, I guess I think of it as just living life on your terms, living life just as is, accepting the good and the bad of, you know, any particular situation and kind of um, just seeing the situation and the reality of what's happening in that moment for what it is. Mm. I think that's kind of one of the, the things that I've learned recently is, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a good example is if you fall and slip and, you know, you don't end up getting hurt you'll you might put your own story on that and say oh you know thank god that i didn't break in my neck or i didn't break any bones um but you know instead of layering your own story on that situation just accepting that you know what it happened maybe the road was insulted or whatever i wasn't being conscious i wasn't being careful and just accepting the situation that this is what happened obviously putting that positive spin is better than putting a negative spin on it but just you know accepting it as is and then just you know learning from it and moving on mm, I like that yeah because I think even especially in like the self-development world mm-hmm. everyone wants to put a positive spin on yes, everything yes it's like but I you have always... to see both sides of the story right so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and life I think will force you to see both sides exactly right whether you like it or not yes so I like that sort of you know the middle path, mm-hmm. just you know, not not attached to one thing, or exactly. not, not caught up in the dualistic exactly nature, the non-duality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. I love that. Another question would be um, three resources that have had a profound impact on your journey, mm-hmm. or that the book whether that's a speaker or a talk or an experience. Um, I wonder what three things that you'd like to point people towards or to share. Okay. Um, So, you know, January 2017, people, you know, always think of their goals. And one of my main goals for this year was more personal development 
And so I've read quite a few books, um, you know, some in the past, some more just recently. Hmm. Uh, one that I've read a couple of times is a book called, <coughs> excuse me, the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. It's a walkthrough for Westerners by Jack Hawley. So that book is a great resource. It's a book that I frequently just flip to a page and just read a passage um, and just kind of remind myself of the l- multiple, multiple lessons that that book teaches you. Mm. Uh, another one that I read just recently is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. So it, I know it's an older book, but uh, just came into my life more recently. And, uh, you know, same thing with the format of that book. It's more question answer. And so I think it's a great resource to have. Once again, you can just flip to any page and just read a paragraph and just take away so much from that one paragraph. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just a good, because, you know, a lot of people read these books and they don't apply anything, right? So we constantly need to be applying these concepts that we learn about, right? So um, I think it's important to have these books, um, you know, as a tangible resource that you can just refer back to and kind of remind yourself to to apply the, me- you know, the messages and the teachings in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then the third one is called The Awakened Family by uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Shafali Sabari. <clears throat> and uh, that one, I, I haven't completed, to be honest, but uh, you know, the point where I'm at so far, it's, you know, taught me a lot of lessons. And mm. one of the main lessons from that book is that no one ever triggers you. It's always, you get triggered by your child or your husband or whatever it is, or you react because of a, um, you know, a wound that hasn't been healed, right? So mm. whether it's something subconsciously that uh, hasn't been addressed from your past, um, that's why it's coming up in your life. So, you know, if your child doesn't do his homework then and you react because of that, it's not the child's fault. It's your fault for reacting. And why are you reacting? Mm. So, um, you know, just trying to dig deeper into what some of my triggers are and trying to, you know, really deep, deep into my psyche as to what's, you know, what's going on in my, you know, past or has happened in my past that's creating me to, or cause, causing me to tr- get triggered, right? So mm-hmm. I found that that book very resourceful. And what was the author's name there? Uh, first name is Shafali. Shafali. And last name is Sabari, T-S-B-A-R-Y. Okay. Fantastic. I like those. And I just had a little internal giggle when you said, you know, The Power of Now is an older book. Yes. Compared to the Bhagavad Gita. I know. It's, <laughs> it's not that old. <laughs> it's yeah, super recent. Exactly. Um, but that's great. That's great. The Gita is something I've wanted to work through. Yes. So Walk through for Westerners sounds perfect. It is. It's perfect mm-hmm. because you know. To be honest, I have all those older versions which are not for Westerners, and it's it's hard. It would be very difficult, even for myself, being Hindu, to get through. So this mm-hmm. one is is perfect because it just you know takes out the most important message from each passage in a layman's terms. Nice, nice. And then the other thing. Um, just to comment on what you said about, you know, the triggers and um, where they come from. Mm-hmm. And I found it um, helpful to um, not necessarily even say that it's my fault, yes. it's your fault, but 
but you are responsible. Yes. Right? I think, you know, we're all doing the best we can at any moment. Yes. Um, so it's not like we have to blame ourselves. Yes, yeah. I think it's more um, just taking responsibility mm -hmm. rather than saying, oh, you made me get mad, right? So mm -hmm. just taking responsibility of why you got mad, accept the situation, and then what are the action steps that you're going to take to, you know, I guess, resolve that trigger, right? Or mm. prevent you from having that reaction down the line or in the future. Yeah, yeah, you got to do something about it, right? Yes. Got to apply it, so I love that. I love that. And with that, I just want to say thank you yet again. Thank this you, yes. An, an hour has flown by. It um, has. And <laughs> We, we definitely got into a lot of really, really cool stuff. And so, again, thank you for the work that you're doing and for being open to sharing. Thank and, you for um, having me. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And I look forward to seeing, we'll have to have Devin on here at some yeah. point. We'll have to do a family podcast. <laughs> a family podcast. I've got you, yeah. I've got Sash, now we got to bring the whole family yeah. together. Because um, I'm just excited to see, I mean, how he develops. I yes. can only imagine. He's like the leading edge of <laughs> optimal human potential. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, and for everyone listening, we're going to have the notes, the show notes with links to, you know, the lab test, the books, all the different things that we talked about will be over at the blog, brianhardy.ca slash DIPA2, that's D-I-P-A, the, the number 2. And uh, yes, thank you for listening. And until next time, keep re redefining reality and have a beautiful day. Between the love that we lead and the one that we pray for, give us balance on the past that there's no need to ask for more. Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there Now let it soften my soul and focus my stare I said this life got me by the heart, said it's in our vice Not too proud to go and seek advice When I know that I really ain't knowing nothing at all I said perhaps I do Made a transition and I finally got a clue But I ain't got a clue on what to do When I'm sitting and waiting and forming a plan When I'm taking my life in my hands Said that I am worthy No matter what they say, I have purpose When I'm following my dharma and I serve this Well, this is what I'm aiming for Everything I need and all that I am grateful for And this is where we find out how to live Make me the trees and I swear that I'll give Everything I can to keep air in your lungs Truth on your tongue, the work is never done hey. The work, the work is never done Balance on the past said there's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there 
this soft in my soul and focus my stare Yeah, I almost lost hope, but I didn't Had to learn things the hard way to cope with the mission Sometimes it seems so far away And the vision that I followed didn't play out how I saw it But the message and the lesson manifested in the knowledge That my love is the palette, groovy and colorful My love is in spirit, physical and tangible This love is worthy, but it's gonna take some work If you're willing and available, there's things that we could learn Between what comes naturally and what you gotta work for Beneath all of that lies the beauty that you live for Believe in the treasures that we all seem to dig for Deep ninja health, Buddha, you were made to transform Put you back into it Go on with your higher self Sweat and blood, prove it If you want it, you can have it Pay your dues, witness magic Wrap it up in a package Give it back to the masses Between the love that we lead and the one that we pray for I give us balance on the past, said there's no need to ask for more Between the love that we seek and the love that's already there I let it soften my soul and focus my stare